0: You're stuffed full of turkey. You're sat on the sofa. Did somebody get you a book token this Christmas? Don't worry, we are here with some of our bookish highlights for 2017. Welcome back to part two of the Vintage December podcast. The clock is ticking, midnight is nearly here, it's nearly a new year, and I'm back in the studio with Alex Clark and Jen Campbell to talk about the books that we are sort of anticipating.
1: I love this time of year, don't you? Yes. Not for the parties, but for the idea that there are all the glistening shelves of books to come, and you've yet to fall behind with
0: your reading. <laughs> <laughs> you get all this, I and mean, they often do this list, don't they, in the newspaper where they kind of go, "Oh, books to look forward to, and I love those, because you just kind of go, "Oh, so-and-so's got a book coming out it's like ooh. Christmas again yeah <laughs> and honestly if you have been given a, a book token or some cash by a lovely uh, distant relative are you from
2: the 1950s
0: people listen people still do give people
2: get book tokens this yeah. message is sponsored
0: by national book tokens who um, now
2: do personalised gift tokens you can have the person's name on it there you it's go it's quite cool see yeah it 2017 getting a postal order next <laughs>
0: <laughs> steady on um, so yeah who, who wants to go first with, a, with something that they're really looking forward to in 2017
2: ooh Can I recommend, well, I can't recommend it. I haven't read it. One that I am excited about is a short story collection and it's going to be published by Serpent's Tale um, and it's called The Accusation. Um, and it's published under a pseudonym we don't know the writer but it's translated from korean by deborah smith who translated the vegetarian it is the first thought to be the first fictional work to come out of north korea by someone still living in north korea under the regime wow yeah and the stories center around the regime in north korea that
0: sounds great i know i know (laughs) i'm
2: very very excited it's just won a pen award can we right. just I say should... a word about about
1: Deborah Smith, yeah. um, the translator of of, of Hang Hang? I, I'm only really saying this because it is New Year and everybody sits there saying, "This will be the year that I get O level French that I never got <laughs> at the time." Well, you know, uh, she won uh, the the prize, the International Booker Prize, with Hang Hang uh, last year, and um, she basically taught herself Korean yeah. from scratch at a relatively you know advanced age in her career and first thing she did was translate this book and win a, mas- a major international do award. you
2: know the story of that though that she she put on her twitter that she was a korean translator and she wasn't and she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't translate korean and then um stefan from and other stories got in touch with her and said i've been sent this book and it was the vegetarian can you translate it Better So learn, she tried and it was awful <laughs> and she sent it back to him and he went no 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 um so then she decided she would go, go away and she would continue learning and and make it better but still had this document so that was what she was using uh. um and when she completed it then sent it to portobello books and they published it because at that point other uh, stories had moved on i see sorry and other stories oh yeah ouch. ouch but
0: that book I and mean, because i i still i read that in proof uh, just before I started working here at Vintage, and it meant I never got a chance to to blog about it. Mm. But it, the the translation is amazing. I mean, well, I, I just, assume
2: so. I don't speak Korean. Well, no, <laughs> I assume it is. It, no. sort of, it has
0: that. It has this amazing flow to it, and I I also wonder whether because it was such. Hard work for yeah. her to do, you know, to learn that new language so quickly. I just wonder whether that in some way informs the translation. You know, it's not something that she sort of kicked back and relaxed on. She's clearly worked so hard on it.
2: The, the, yes, her targeted viewpoint on it. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's a new book that is coming out that she's translated that's by Hank Kang. I'm not sure it's coming out in 2017 or it's been. Pushed into 2018, but called The White Book, which is um, supposed to be a bit like Maggie Nelson's Bluettes, so an exploration of the colour white and the history of the colour white. Okay. Um, Bluettes, so I think, which that. is also coming out. Well, re, re, yes, I have written uh, down on my piece
0: of paper here, Bluettes, because that is one of the books that I'm excited about. I mean, obviously, it has been published previously in, in the States, but yes, coming from from uh, I can't from vintage. believe it wasn't published here. I know, I know, I know. I know, it's madness. But yeah, I'm very, very excited about that, as you say, a, a book all about responses to a colour, mm-hmm. uh, the colour blue. Um, Um, And, yeah, I think she's just one of those writers who, because of the things that she's writing about and the way that she's writing about them, she's one of these very exciting voices out there. And that's the thing I'm most excited about, I think, next year from Vintage is that we are... Really going to be showing some new voices, some younger, more diverse talent out there, and I think that's just really thrilling, you know and we've talked about poetry in the previous podcast mm-hmm. that I 'm trying to conquer, so we've got a couple of poets, Kayo Chingongi and Denez Smith, um, we've got um collections coming from both of them, and they are just amazing. If you haven't heard of them before, Google either of them, and you will find videos of them on YouTube reading their poetry just mesmerizing stuff um so i'm thrilled that we'll be publishing that next it's
1: not all about the young is it because there is a new book by john fuller which i think is published either on new year's eve or new year's day which is also his 80th birthday Mm. and there is this kind of immense body of work uh, by the poet john fuller and now there is this wonderful book the bone flowers um, which is about aging and um Mortality, and I'm yet once again sounding very cheerful, but it is a funny, <laughs> funny book, and uh, I really enjoyed it enormously.
2: So we've also got new poetry from John Burnside, right? Yes. yes.
0: Still Life with Feeding Snake will yes. be coming next year. That is a good title. It's a great it? title, isn't it? And also, there's a new novel coming from John Burnside, so that is just sort of double, double joy. I um, can't see, it, but I'm dancing. Yeah, Jen right. is actually dancing. <laughs> um, Ashland and Vine is the name of his novel, and uh, I have actually read it. And it's it, what's interesting is. It's set in America. And therefore that feels like quite a departure for him because his fiction has often been very much set within the British Isles or the Arctic Circle. It's always mm. been often quite cold. Um, and so, yeah, there's something very different about this book. Which is Say
1: again what it's called.
0: Ashland and Vine.
1: That makes me think there's some kind of reference to Thomas Pynchon's Vineland. Is, I is that couldn't possible? couldn't possibly comment, Alex.
0: OK, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Going fanciful <laughs> as
1: the, as the um, winter grinds on.
0: Actually, what it reminded me of, weirdly, is, is, a, is one of my favourite books, which is American Pastoral. By Philip Roth, because it does involve a storyline that has something to do with that that period uh, and domestic terrorism and that sort of thing. So um yeah, I mean, Jen and I are big Burnside fans, aren't we? So fan
2: girls, absolutely. We we
0: yeah. we couldn't help but be excited about that next no, year.
2: Couldn't help be. And that's early <laughs> next year, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So that we don't even have to wait very long before you can Nothing. enjoy it.
2: And they're both out around the same time. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
0: yeah. We should just dedicate a whole month to him, basically. Oh,
2: yes, John Burnside month, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that you're excited about next year, Jen?
2: Uh, I do. I have this list here in front of me. Let's have a look at one. Um, how about this? It's, I'm not sure if it's a graphic novel. At this time of year, there are some books that are coming out that you don't know too much about they often just have a title Um, so this one is by Catherine M. Valente who I love and she also is someone who's so prolific Um, she writes a lot around fairy tales and things like that Um, I'm not sure if this is a collection of illustrated short stories or if it's a graphic novel It definitely has an illustrator, but it's called The Refrigerator Monologues. And it's coming out in the summer. And this is the blurb. It says, The lives of six female superheroes and the girlfriends of superheroes. A ferocious rift on women... Rift? No, a ferocious rift on women in superhero comics. Um, it says that is a series of link stories from the points of view of the wives and girlfriends of superheroes, female heroes, and anyone who's ever been refrigerated. <laughs> Comic book women who were killed, raped, brainwashed, driven mad, disabled, or had their powers taken away so that a male superhero storyline would progress. It sounds really that is interesting. definitely
1: one for me. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm going straight into in Have you the... read her
2: work before? No, I have not. She's written so many different things. She, she wrote um, a retelling of Snow White called Six Gun Snow White. She's cowgirl in the Wild West um, <laughs> she wrote the Fairyland series the first one of which is called The Girl Who Circumnavigated Fairyland in a Ship of Her Own Making which is about a girl called September who gets swept away to Fairyland and it's it's inspired by Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland mm. it's it's great my favourite bit in that is when she's walking through this woods to get to somewhere these forbidden woods she's not supposed to go to and they say September you should come back and she's walking in and everything changes from autumn to winter as she walks and she changes as she's called September people pass her in stock calling her december and all the trees are dying and it's just this magical magical thing it's beautiful you should definitely check her out wow
0: that sounds she sounds like a sort of like a modern day angela carter oh yeah subverting of of fairy tales and myths and stuff so yeah yeah wow now you've mentioned seasons there again yes so i'm going to mention something seasonal so Carlo over whose name is very familiar to the listeners of this podcast probably um has written a, and a other series, will. and other people too. Uh, has written a series of seasonal books. Now, of course, Ali Smith has got in there first, and so people might be like, "Oh, how interesting! You've written a series of seasonal books," but um, he wrote them in response to he was about to have another daughter, and he wanted to start writing something which kind of gave her an insight into the world into which she was being born, and so he wrote a piece every day, like a short essay if you like about a topic so it might be something like plastic bags or fallen leaves or snails or all sorts of completely mundane ordinary things and yet somehow in the in the space of a page he manages to do something which is almost philosophy it's almost philosophical you know sort of just teasing something out about the world and you just get a series of those one on each page and there's some lovely artwork that goes with the book as well and it's quite a departure for him. You used to think of Kanazawa as writing these very long, sort of you know, connected sentences and, and chapters. These little pages. There's just something lovely. It's a bit like putting down your mobile phone, looking up at the world and seeing it afresh for the first time, um, and finding beauty without in a the filter ordinary. On it. Yeah, without a filter. Yeah, hashtag no filter. <laughs> so yeah, autumn will be coming in autumn of of 2017, and will be followed by. Winter, spring. See, I've
1: already moved on from Knalskar. Read uh, writing about his his own life Mm. in that direct sense because I love his book about football.
0: Oh, Home and Away. Wonderful book. Wonderful book. Well, he can just write about anything. That's the extraordinary thing. He He can just just write about anything. um, That's true. So yeah, but I suppose these these books have the advantage of being much much shorter than what you're used to with those gigantic My Struggle books. And then of course at the end of the seasonal books, we will then have the final part of My Struggle. So volume six will arrive gadoosh on your table because it's absolutely (laughs) huge apparently which is why we're having to wait a little bit longer for it to be translated but um, yeah I'm excited about that too
1: just staying on the theme of season of course we were talking in the first part of this podcast when we were looking back over 2016 about how much we all uh, were were impressed and admiring of Ali Smith's uh, Seasons project and of course having done autumn she's moving on to winter now mm-hmm. so she's still writing at speed given the fact that she's sort of mirroring contemporary life and contemporary political and social life she's not going to be short of stuff to write I about I was just going to say that Yeah, <laughs> she really isn't so, the world uh, is providing the world is providing so I hugely look forward to that yeah. and also this incredible sort of feat of stamina to keep that level of kind of creative concentration does that up. every year though mm.
2: like this is going to sound like name dropping but when I go to her book launches I'm like oh, what are you doing she's like I'm writing the next book I'm like okay calm down you're <laughs> putting everybody else shame. please stop <laughs> but no she always she's always got something on the go beginning of the year she's very strict with herself I admire it. That's very
0: impressive yeah, yeah. a work ethic that we could all aspire to mm-hmm. um I'm trying to think of there's What else have I? I'm trying to think if there's anything I've actually read already that's coming up in 2017, which I'm very excited about. The Dollmaker. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. That just arrived the other day. So The Dollmaker by Harriet Arnau is is a sort of rediscovered classic um, that will be coming next year, and it's set in post-war America, and it looks at poverty, which of course is a, a very hot topic at the moment. Uh, there was a report that was came out the other day suggesting that sort of you know, the, the number of people who are living in poverty is is much larger than was realised and that many of them are actually working people who are living in poverty, that their, their wages just simply aren't enough. Um, this is looking at sort of a woman who has lived in rural America moving to Detroit and just struggling to feed her children and keep her family afloat. And at the same time, she has this amazing creative streak to her where she makes these amazing dolls it's quite a big book it arrived just the other day and I think that could be something really special if you if you like a sort of rediscovered American classic next year that's one to There's so many of these for.
1: interesting initiatives going going around aren't there? There's this wonderful list from the publisher head of Zeus the Apollo list which is yes. basically we're, we're, we obviously know that classics get reissued from time to time we also know that the canon is very mobile that it um, should be hmm. you know that we have neglected all sorts of areas and they are basically finding things which, by and large, unless you're really au fait with the minutiae of literary history across the world, you wouldn't know. And I find things like that incredibly exciting.
0: Yeah, they've got an amazing list. The books look beautiful as well, actually. Um, so I have read one. I read *The Man Who Loved Children* mm. uh, by Christina Stead, which is it's actually
1: probably one of the best-known ones that they're doing. That's one of the most it? famous yes. ones. Yeah. yeah, I
0: know Jonathan Franzen's a huge fan of that, and it's a, it's again it's another big book. Uh, but and I, I did struggle. I mean, I, halfway through, I. I was ready to put it down and it was only because I read all my other holiday reading when I was away that I went back to it. But You're I'm selling so, it so well. No, no, I'm everything. so glad I did. It's, <laughs> no, it's a uh, wonderful book. This is Christina really, Stead, a yeah. New Zealand writer. It's, yeah.
1: it's, it's an amazing book.
0: And when you find out that actually she based it on her own life, you think, oh my God, that's <laughs> what your family was like? Because they're just completely bonkers, especially the, the sort of father figure. Um, but the, the way the book changes up a gear when you get to about page, I don't know, it's about 300 or so, it's just amazing. So I'm really, one of those things where I'm so glad I stuck with it because it really delivers.
2: Exciting. Yeah. Actually, it came with a plea as well. Um, Geraldine Dewsbury, can vintage please republish her because no one has republished her and she's brilliant. Okay. I'm going to send you some. Now that is Con a great, vintage. that is a great vintage. I wish I power to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll to do this. <laughs> a
0: little
1: shout out to our listeners. What would you like to see reissued? Yes. That's a great what idea. What do you think we have not... Uh, what do you think really deserves to be brought back to people's attentions? I always love those those ideas.
0: Yes, I have a book actually that I'm well, let's say I'm working on it. I'm just going to keep poking vintage classics until they agree to to get it and publish it. But I, I won't reveal any. You're not going to say what it is. I can't because then now... I shared. Will <laughs>
2: this is not fair. I mean, I know Could that this do- is actually something do- You're doing a clue.
0: <laughs> I tell you what, I'll give you a clue. So there's the uh, you know McSweeney's, the the American. Thing run by Dave Eggers, uh, his magazine. So they published a short story in there by a writer called Alan Seeger. And uh, it's a great short story. And therefore, I went off and looked him up and discovered that all his novels were out of print. They just not, don't exist anymore. So I found them all on Abe Books uh, in these lovely old American bookstores and, and read them all. And they are of varying quality, but one of them is absolutely fantastic. And so Let's just say, watch this space. I'm okay. gonna. I'm determined to. You've make got it to do it, or it yeah. will
1: be close. But no cigar.
0: Exactly. <laughs> he says, lighting up a cigar. <laughs> OK, we're, we're nearing the end of our time here. Has anybody got anything they would love to chuck in before we, we say I, good? I have two. Is that OK? Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh,
2: so one from Salt Publishing, which is called The Clocks in This House All Tell Different Times by Zan Brooks. And you're going to see themes with the kind of things that I want to read. But it says, An orphan is travelling through the deep, dark woods and discovers that the monsters she encounters are as much tragic as... I'll start that one again. An orphan is travelling through the deep, dark woods and discovers that the monsters she encounters are as much tragic as... Wicked, and that the handsome young prince may be ugly inside. The world around her is callous, unjust, and horribly scarred. And then the characters of the Wizard of Oz come in, and everything <laughs> gets very, tales. very deep and horrible. I do. You love and- a fairy tale and a good title, yes. well, an interesting title. The next one is called The Impossible Fairy Tale. There we go. And links back to what we were talking about earlier because this is um, Deborah Smith's publishing company, Tilted Axis. And this is a novel. It says, The impossible fairy tale tells the story of the nameless child who struggles to make a mark on the world, and her classmate Mia, whose spoiled life is everything the child is not. At school, adults are nearly invisible, and the society the children create on their own is marked by cruelty, soul-crushing hierarchies, and an underlying menace. Then one day, after hours, the child sneaks into the classroom to add ominous sentences to her classmate's notebooks, unlocking a series of events with cataclysmically horrible consequences – but that is not the end. It's this eerie, unpredictable novel. It sounds really exciting. That sounds great. Oh, that sounds yeah. just like my life constant
1: menace. <laughs> the constant menace. I'm just going to add that I am enormously looking forward to the new novel by Colm Toy Bean, mm. um, which is a sort of retelling of, of the, the story of Aeschylus and Clytemnestra. Uh, and um, I just love those kind of reprisals of of myths Um, and I think he's just such a brilliant storyteller he is absolutely
0: I'm very pleased actually that that I suppose Contabrine is the first big name we've mentioned there because we mentioned those lists that you read in newspapers at the beginning of the year they're going to give you all the sort of big names there will be new books from Martin Amis and that sort of stuff next year but I think we've highlighted some some good stuff that, that, that people might not have heard of and that they can look out for so
2: can i be disgusting and mention my own book which is coming out next no <laughs> that's all oh, got time for, no. i'm afraid folks join us ca- go on please of course you can <laughs> my uh new book is a children's book it's my first children's book that's coming out in august um and it's called franklin's flying bookshop and it's published by thames and hudson and it's about a dragon called franklin
0: very good well we hope that that's provided you with some some little pointers for things to look out for next year we obviously hope you have a lovely new year have you got any exciting plans alex
1: Oh, no, I like to to turn all the lights out and lie on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) I hope nobody comes
2: around. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps a box set of Luther or something like that. There we go.
0: That sounds pretty good. How about you, Jen?
2: Parks and Rec, but the same. Okay, (laughs) right.
0: Well, you're all invited to mine then. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) God knows what will happen. But anyway, we, we hope you have a lovely new year and we will see you for more Vintage Podcast in 2017. Take care.